Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week, we review the Sabbath School quarterly lesson about the Bible as prophecy for Sabbath, June 13. Our topic today is the Bible's prophecy. Let's learn about Bible prophecy. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. All right, so the Bible and prophecy last week was the Bible and history. As we're looking at prophecy today, uh, Daniel eight fourteen is our memory text this week. And he said unto me, Unto two thousand and three hundred days, then shall the sanctuary be cleansed. Uh, we're going to get into this in detail here in just a second. <laughs> so uh, let's go ahead and just start talking about history and prophecy in Sunday's lesson. Yeah, I just want to mention, it's hard to think of a text that's that's not more central to Adventist identity than this text here. Yes, at yes. The beginning of our lesson. And one that we need to make sure that it's clear that we understand. And I think that's the biggest problem. And that's why I'm excited to get there. We're going to get there here in, in, a, in a second. Uh, but we want to make sure that it's clear, especially as we get to Wednesday's lesson. Yeah. Well, and, and the purpose of prophecy, you know, John 14, 29, it's quoted in our lesson here on Sabbath afternoon's uh, page. And now I have told you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you may believe. Uh, and, and here, you know, this gets at the very heart of what the purpose of prophecy is. It's not to create fanciful visions of the future or to control or predict and make things happen a certain way. It's rather God is revealing himself and says, hey, I'm in charge. I'm in control here. And despite whatever may be happening in this world, um, I, w- I want to give you some basic outlines of, of world history and to let you know what, it, when it, what happens before it happens so you can be ready. Yeah. And, and as we're looking at that, as he's preparing us to be ready, he's also asking us to prepare our hearts. Um, it's not just supposed to be this uh, us robotically following thing. He's yeah. actually ask, asking us to say, you know what? I choose to follow you fully and wholeheartedly, not just well in case this is real and I, I want to make it to heaven, but I also want to I also want to live for myself at the same time. No, you're you're with you're with God or, or you're against Him, and so yeah. pray for Lee that we're we're with Him. Uh, you know, it reminds me of the text. You know, the love of the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and Amen. God wants our minds, and so a lot of what we do with prophecy, it's numbers, right? It's a, it's an appeal to the mind, and I, I like that. Uh, God wants our minds, but it's also appeal to our hearts. And so God wants to change our lives, which affects our bodies too, right? Yeah. So it's a, a package deal. Now, I, I have to put in this uh, caveat. A lot of people say, well, if I don't understand it, then I won't believe it. Mm. Well, this is the problem. Have you actually studied it out? And listen, here, in the next 20 minutes, you're not going to be able to understand all of prophecy. You know, I, I wish I was that great of a teacher. I'm not. But <laughs> this here. is call for you to wrestle with it and look yeah. at it. And I've, I've done mm-hmm. that before and I've looked and I've searched the scriptures and I found, wow, this is an accurate description of where we're going. Now, does it mean we have all the answers? No, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. But I challenge you to wrestle with this so that you come to a, a element of belief according to the scriptures. You know, I like the uh, text, the biblical text uh, to study, to show yourself approved. Yes, and, sir. You know, there's God doesn't uh, expect us just to, um, uh, take a an ascent. I think that in the, the age in which we live, with uh, social media and everything else, everything is so quick, quick, quick. Um, that oftentimes there's a very superficial understanding and knowledge of things. And God says, "Hey, I want you to dig deeper, study, really think these things through, wrestle with them, wrestle with Bible prophecy." Yeah, you know, I I, I kind of envy some of the 
old pioneers and reformers mm, yeah. that had they didn't have a Google, they didn't have a Alexa to tell them some of the things. They have digital phones. They searched the scriptures. They underlined. They highlight. You know, like they yeah. they wrestled with it. And I, I I think there's there's providence in us doing the same thing today. Absolutely. Well, let's dig into our lesson. Yeah, um, let's go for it. Dan, uh, Sunday uh, historicism and prophecy. Daniel chapter two. Uh, those of you that may not be as familiar, Daniel chapter 2 is about Nebuchadnezzar's dream. And it's a great story because, uh, you know, Daniel and his faithfulness and integrity being taken away as a young man, living up, uh, living according to what he uh, understood, not following, eating the, the king's food, all of those things. So he's he's a person of integrity. And then as they're in the midst of, of all of that, here we have this dream in uh, Daniel chapter 2. And um, the Nebuchadnezzar, the king, wants uh, someone to tell him his dream, not just to interpret it, but to tell him what is the dream. And of course, we know the end of the story that Daniel goes to God and, and prays, and God reveals both the dream and its interpretation. And the dream, you know, it's kind of funny. We were visiting some family recently, and I uh, got to the breakfast table, and we we're just kind of being funny and I said tell me your dreams and I will interpret them for you so my my <laughs> uh, nephew and nieces and they all started having fun all oh, this I dreamed about this and I dreamed about that and and I started interpreting their dreams and it was so hysterical that they were laughing so hard <laughs> but but this is not something funny you know this is this is really serious no it is very serious you know because if you don't interpret if you don't share what this is uh what, what this dream is if you don't interpret correctly death yeah and uh, so his life is on the line in the lives of his friends and even, you know, some of the others who may not have even cared for Daniel. You know, he's true. All of these uh, magicians and uh, enchanters and whatever you want to call them, all their lives are on the line. Anyways, he, he goes and interprets, uh, tells him both the dream and the interpretation. And the dream is quite interesting because it's a it's an image. Yeah. Of. Uh, and basically here you have this image of uh, starts out with gold and then silver and these different metals going down and Daniel begins to explain that you are this head of gold Nebuchadnezzar but then there's the bad news that he's not going to live forever his kingdom's not going to last forever that there will be other kingdoms and God foretells through Daniel how basically the the breakdown of world history and this dream and its interpretation is amazing because I mean a lot of people have pointed to this as you know hey look this god is successfully showing successively showing um the the breakdown of world history all these major kingdoms and then finally the uh there's iron which represents rome and then <clears throat> the legs of clay and iron and then even the toes how <clears throat> basically all of these kingdoms will no longer there will no longer be one universal kingdom anymore and so this is kind of this is important because it shows us basically a snapshot of of human history, world history, all these kingdoms, and and it predicts it long in advance. In fact, it's so uncanny how it predicts the future kingdoms that some people say, well, no, Daniel must not have lived back in the time of Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> he must have lived, or at least it was written much much later on, maybe in the time of Rome. That's the only way that this could have happened. But but we have good evidence, all of the archaeological evidence. We talked about this in last week's episode that Daniel was a real person who lived in the time of Babylon, and God actually did predict basically here the uh, successive flow of world history. Amen. You know, uh, 
when, when we're talking about what is the purpose of history, why do, why do we have it? Uh, Daniel 20, uh, Daniel chapter 2, 29 and, and 30, yeah. right there just makes it so clear. Mm-hmm. And Daniel says this, As for you, O king, thoughts came to your mind while you're in your bed about what would come to pass after this. And he who reveals secrets has made known to you what will be, right? So prophecies letting you know what's going to happen in the future. But then check this out. But as for me, this secret has not been, this secret has not been revealed to me because I have more wisdom than anyone living, but for our sakes, who make uh, who make known the interpretation to the king, that you may know the thoughts of your heart. And so prophecy is, once again, a reflection of, of where are you going to be uh, mm-hmm. based off of where you are right now. And that's, that's what you're talking about there, Michael. It, uh, it's, a, it's a bigger picture of us realizing that history is not just his story, but it's actually our story if we choose to attach ourselves to God's story. Well, yeah, that, that you're right, spot on. And I think this gets at the heart of it is, you know, um, last week's lesson is talking about history. It's not our story. It's his story. History. Yeah. Um, and, and so here is salvation history. God wants us to know important things. Yeah, absolutely. So there's the success of kingdoms, but there's all these numbers, Buster, in, you know, prophecies, 2300 days, which we started out this week with. How, wh- what's the deal with that? You, you know, uh, this last weekend, uh, we had a, a live Facebook session and we had Dr. Rahel Wells and she she just brought it crystal clear. It's stellar. It's still up there on Facebook. If you want to go to uh, Sabbath School Rescue, uh, you can see it there on, on, on Facebook. Yeah, a shout out to Dr. Wells. She's a teacher at Andrews, uh, Old Testament professor there. So yes, yes, and we were we were looking at this, and we we're saying when do we use the the year for day principle? Mm-hmm. And uh, we we have we have a couple texts here. I'm I'm going to read Numbers fourteen thirty four here. Uh, once again, that's Numbers fourteen thirty four, and this is the New King James Version. According to the number of the days in which you spied out the land, forty days. For each day you shall bear your guilt one year, namely 40 years, and you shall know my rejection. And so this is a stance of where an ordinance was given for a day for a year. And so there's times where you're reading the Bible where it says there's 2,300 days, but it's actually 2,300 years. And what's clear here is not, it's not, we can't, we can't do this whenever we want to, right? I can't say... Oh, oh, yeah, I've been married for I've been married for 13 years. So that's, you know, that, that's actually 13 days. But, you know, you know, <laughs> I, I can't apply that. It's, it's yeah. about context in the Bible. Absolutely. And so as you're reading, it's pretty clear. And mm-hmm. uh, as we went through the, the uh, quarterly last uh, last quarter, well, last quarter, we looked in the book of Daniel and we saw where there's times where he's saying, hey, 70 years. Hey, God, we're ready now. Right. And God was saying, uh, actually. <laughs> It's a day-year principle that was applied there. Mm-hmm. And Daniel was so overwhelmed that he fainted. Uh, so it was pretty clear there that there's a day-year principle that's added, uh, as well as God's pretty clear. So we have to be very careful of how we apply this principle, but the Bible's pretty clear when we read the context and realize that these are day-and-year principles of when to apply that. Yeah, you know, a lot of people run into trouble because they impose their will on Scripture. And usually it's the Scripture is very clear when it's talking about prophecy versus just some random kind of number. Uh, And so, you know, um, 
and so I like that. I appreciate that because it's really important to differentiate between those those two, um, which leads us into I think kind of the rest of the lesson. If, if yeah, 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 no, let's the, continue. You know, if a day is a year in Bible prophecy, that's that's pretty clear. And and the lesson also referred to Ezekiel four six, which is the same kind of idea. It talks about a day is a year. Yes. Uh, so we have some good strong biblical evidence for that. Uh, we've got this little horn, um, Daniel seven and eight. Uh, that's the Roman church, but how do we know that? You know, uh, there, there's been some uh, controversy, but I would say, especially in the Adventist church, not much. There's been a little bit of uproar mm-hmm. of people coming back to the past. But as you look at the characteristics mm-hmm. of that little horn, mm-hmm. and also because we're historicists, mm-hmm. and we look at the history, there's really only one, uh, one entity yeah. that is comparable to what this little horn is doing. So let's back up for just a second. So Daniel 2 and 3, yes. mostly Daniel 2 has this image, right? It mm-hmm. has these successive kingdoms. But Daniel 7 and 8 has a bunch of animals. Yes. And those animals identify successive kingdoms. So it's basically talking about the same thing, right? Right. So if it is, um, what's interesting is at the very end of the last kingdom, Rome, there is uh, this horn there's actually 10 horns representing 10 kingdoms yes or the toes as it's described in the image in daniel 2 um and those 10 uh kingdoms or this 10 horns are uprooted by this one big horn yeah that represents something pretty significant that's uprooting so you have to look in history you have rome the you know and the roman empire that is succeeded by a spiritual empire afterwards mm-hmm. and and that's what it just it makes so it's it's so clear makes sense that there must have been some spiritual kingdom that uprooted all these political kingdoms and therefore the roman papacy just fits that so so well yeah and, and you know i i, I want to make something clear and th- this might be a an idea that might be uh i would say some people haven't thought about this but yeah. The little horn is 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 the I believe the uh, papal Rome, but you can also have people that have that same uh, would you kind of say mindset or spirit about them that were carrying out, and so there's there's uh, types of little horns going yeah. around, but they're not the little horn. If you get what I'm saying, yeah. Uh, yeah. Even even you can see the the characteristics in some people, but wow. it doesn't mean that they're the little horn. Yeah. Uh, the little horn is papal Rome. Yeah, and so part of why we see this is papal Rome. One of the the key characteristics, um, and and we have described for us in the lesson a whole bunch of different things that will speak pompous words against the Most High. Um, that's Daniel seven twenty five. Daniel eight eleven exalts himself as the high priest of the host, um, basically usurping the role and the purpose or the role of Jesus Christ himself as our intercessor, and then also seeks to change times and laws. That's yes. also in verse 25, right? So, yes. Um, and as Adventists, we, we point back to this, that it's the Roman Catholic Church through Christian history that has taken credit for having changed the Sabbath from Saturday to Sunday. Yeah. Um, and, 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 it, and also, you know, you look at... Uh, uh, it looks at a friend's Bible who's Catholic and yeah. their, their Ten Commandments, thou shalt not it's bow different. down to graven images. Right. That's taken out and then they've taken thou shalt not covet and they've made that into two 
different uh, uh, commandments. And so they, they've done more than just the Sabbath, right? Yeah, yeah. So here you have uh, several different examples of this, but it just is a poster child of fitting exactly the biblical description of what happened. I can't think of any other movement or organization in, in, in history that would really fit. So again, Bible prophecy foretells the future, what's going to happen here we see. And I should also put a little disclaimer that, you know, I have lots of friends that are, are Catholics. So just because someone belongs to a certain church, uh, we're talking about an institution that over time in history has done these things. Yeah. And so this is nothing personal against somebody that no. um, this is talking about what the scripture is saying and saying, hey, this is what's going to happen. You need to be warned about it. And um, while I love you know, a number of Catholic friends that I have, yes. I also disagree with the institution and what it stands for. Yeah, and this is the thing, that we're not talking about something that that is only going to happen in the future. We're talking about things that are documented in history. Yeah. Of persecutions, of changing times and laws, of yeah. Blasphemy of, of claiming to be God here on earth, and so we're we're it's not like we're making anything up. No, we're we're interpreting history. We're look, looking at history. I love to show my students. I have a copy of uh, Paolo uh, Sarpi's History of the Council of Trent from 1676. And yes, of course, sir. you know I'm a bibliophile. I like these yes. old books, right? And I always like to open to the page of uh, the the speech where they talked about the Sabbath, just as another case in point. And you know, made it very, very clear that it, it that the change of the Sabbath is not by Scripture; it's by the authority of the Catholic Church. Mm. And on that authority, and that authority alone, is the reason why the Catholic Church has continued authority. That you know, they have; they are the official arbiters or interpreters of inspired writings. And so, their interpretation—we can read Scripture, but their interpretation of Scripture and tradition as it's handed down to us and those decisions that the church has made therefore become normative. Uh, you know, I, I, I thank you for that, Michael. And as we're, as we're moving forward, this is another hard hitter. Um, Wednesday's lesson is talking about the investigative judgment. Ooh. And, you know, usually when people hear that, immediately they start shuddering like, oh, no, I'm, I'm afraid because... But, you know, the investigative judgment is actually something that's actually going to vindicate our characters. Yeah. It's not something that's that's awful that uh, we have to be afraid of. And but but even before we get into there, let's look at what what is this talking about? And so I'm going to read for us in Daniel chapter seven uh, uh, in verses nine through 14, just so we can all be on the same page of of some of these things that this is talking about. Michael, if you do me a favor, if you read Daniel eight fourteen and 26. Gotcha. So I'm going to read once again, Daniel chapter seven, verses nine through 14. It says, I watched till thrones were put in place and the ancient of days was seated. His garment was white as snow and his hair on his head was like a pure wool. His throne was a fiery flame. Its wheels were a burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth and before him a thousand, a thousand, a thousands ministered to him 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him the court was seated and the books were open I watched then because the sound of the pompous words which were which the horn was speaking and I watched till the beast was slain and the body destroyed and given to the burning flame as for the rest of the beasts they had their dominion taken away and their lives were prolonged for a season and a time and it says, I was watching in the night visions. Behold, one like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near near before him. Then the question was given, 
then, uh, then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people's nations and languages should, uh, should serve him. His dominion is everlasting dominion, which is which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, the one which shall not be destroyed. Go ahead, Michael. All right, so Daniel 8.14 is where we started out this lesson, but I'll re be reading from the English Standard Version. Yes, sir. And he said to me, For 2,300 evenings and mornings, then shall the sanctuary be restored to its rightful state. Or some of our listeners may be more familiar with the King James, then shall the sanctuary be cleansed. Yes. And then verse uh, 26 the vision of the evenings and the mornings that has been told is true, but seal up the vision for it refers to many days from now. So here we have the, these prophecies and here they are sealed because it's for those living at the end of time. Yeah. And, and this is setting up a scene and this is a scene of a judgment. Yeah. Uh, you can put it in human terms of, of, of court system, right? Uh, yeah. And it's talking about the sanctuary being cleansed. Yeah. What's, what's it talking about there? You know, Buster, for a long time, I used to be really scared of this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it's talking about an investigative judgment. It reminds me of, of getting uh, a speeding ticket, you know, and having to uh, protest it and go before the judge. Of course, it, you know, I was a very minor infraction, but, but still, it's very nerve-wracking, especially when I was uh, much younger. And, um, you know, nobody wants to have to go through and before a judge. But, but yet the Bible is clear throughout Scripture that sin will come to an end. Victory has been attained by Christ on Calvary and the cross, and that there will be a reckoning. There will be an accounting that will happen for every human being. And so here what we have described for us is a special work of judgment that takes place preparatory right before Jesus comes again. And this is absolutely um you know, this is central to the, the gospel message, not because um and, and, and this is where I first got wrong on this because I thought, oh, I'm going to have to make myself good enough or perfect enough because, you know, if I'm being investigated, how else am I going to be good enough when Jesus comes? And then suddenly I had that uh, some kind of aha conversion moment later on or a deeper conversion, I guess, because certainly was a, a Christian believer at that point. But but I realized it's not my own strength that I would have to do that. It's only through the blood of Jesus Christ. And so the great thing and the good news about the investigative judgment is is that Jesus is coming again and he's going to put an end to sin and he's preparing his people for that at the very end. So he's investigating, he's he's evaluating, he's he's preparing for that. Um, but the great thing is, and this is the good news of, of the investigative judgment, is that Jesus is both our judge Amen. as well as our advocate. Amen. He's rooting for us. He wants us in the kingdom and doing and wants to do everything we can, he can um, if we will allow him so that, that we will be there with him forever. You know, I, I if you look at the rest of the Bible, there's so many times where uh, in the Greek, uh, where Jesus talks about krino, which is talks about judgment. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's not, a, it's not a bad thing. Uh, matter of fact, John chapter 5 solidified this for me. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who, sent, who has sent me, uh, has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but is passed from death into life. Yeah. Most assuredly, I say to you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who uh, who hear will live. But check this out. Verse uh, 527, and has, given, and has given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the Son of Man. Yeah. So Jesus is in charge, but he's saying, if you're a believer of mine, I, the the true thing that's under uh, this under scrutiny is God's character. Yeah. It's saying that God is not a just God, 
And the investigative judgment is not just saying, oh, Michael, checklist, bad, good. It is saying, look, there are people who show and prove that my character is what it says it is, which is good, which is love, which is everlasting. Yeah. And and so we have to take these things in consideration. Whoever has a son has life. Who does not have the son does not have life. Yeah. And the angels are actually taking record of this. Yeah. And so when it comes down, and I know I'm jumping ahead, but when it comes down to the millennium, we can go back and say, God why isn't this person here? God, what, what happened there? And God will be able to give us a record because in, in those who are saved, it will simply say redeemed by the blood of the lamb. Right. Love and, it. and so don't be afraid of this. Just make sure you're connected with God for the correct reason, because he loves us. We're called to love him as well. Yeah. Well, and something you should point out also is, you know, we're looking at as a day as a year. This 2300 days represents 2300 years. Yes. And so if you go to Ezra chapter 7, you can see very clearly, you can establish the date of um, uh, 457 BC as the time when the decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem was happening. And, uh, uh, and so 2300 years from that takes you all the way to 1843 or 1844 if you count the year zero. And so... Uh, that brings us up to 1844, which is a great year in Adventism and Adventist yes, history because uh, we find the fulfillment of this prophecy and that this cleansing of the sanctuary, this preparatory work just prior to Christ's return happens at this time. That's the demarcation. That's the beginning of this time. So we know that something special started then that uh, begins uh, oh, that preparatory investigative judgment, if if you please, that that yes. that work of Jesus in the sanctuary in heaven, preparing for God's people at the very end of time, which, which uh, goes along with Daniel two. Mm-hmm. My dad likes to put it: we're in the toenails of time. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so uh, this this it all goes along together. Yeah. So let's let's go on here to typology as Ooh. prophecy. What is, what is this talking about? Well, you know, and this is where, again, a, a shout out to uh, Dr. Wells, because she was talking to us about typology in our yes. online session that yes, we yes. had on, on Facebook. Uh, but yeah, you know, basically all of these different uh, symbols, especially when it's using prophetic language, represents something significant. We've already seen that because we've looked at Daniel 2 with the success of kingdoms, and then Daniel chapter 7 and 8, where it talks about these these animals that are described for us that represent these same kingdoms. And we know they're the same thing because... Daniel makes it absolutely crystal clear. And that's actually kind of getting ahead of us. There's a lovely chart in Friday's lesson showing you the comparison between the two. But uh, we see typology in many different ways throughout Scripture. And this lesson here, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, talks about uh, the church being uh, Christ's bride, the body of Christ. These kinds of images of both um, the body itself having many members. and so. Um, you know, Buster, uh, you have gifts that I don't have and, and vice versa. All yeah, of us as yeah. the Christian church, um, each of us are unique and God's created us. Um, and yet through that, God brings a richness and a diversity that, that a wholeness that together that we strengthen one another. And I love that the, the church is the body um, or the other image of the church is the bride of Christ, you know. Um, I always like to cite that, Buster, <laughs> because uh, sometimes, you know, throughout Christian history, women have made powerful contributions. But the Bible um, says that we, and at the end time, will be figuratively a woman. We're not going to all become women, but we're the bride <laughs> of Christ. That's a figurative image that represents something special. Anyone that's been married 
can can identify with that analogy. There's a special closeness that's there. So typology is a crucial part of Bible prophecy. Yeah, and uh, I love how the lesson put it that it, it points us to a greater reality, mm-hmm. and that's why type, typology is used. Yeah, and uh, hopefully to others, and this, this is once again bringing it to home. We can be a typology for who Christ is to to the world. Love it. You know, uh, we, we're not Christ. Don't don't get me wrong. No, <laughs> but we can point them to His character by how we react and act towards others and respond to others. In other words, if I'm hearing you right, Buster, are the way you know uh, our behavior, all of these kinds of things, we can be the loving touch of Jesus. Maybe not the touch right now with the COVID-19, but through (laughs) our actions. Maybe it's that phone call. Maybe it's that note, uh, but demonstrating through our lives, God's love. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. Well, I think we put a wrap on another week. Yeah, I I think so as well. So I think this is uh, Soup and Swoops signing out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahoo.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.